Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Anne has nominated Dr. Elizabeth McKinstry for an Animal Game Changer Award. And we're so thankful that Dr. Elizabeth has taken the time this morning to join us live via Zoom to be able to talk a little bit more about her practice. And so thank you, Elizabeth, for uh, joining us. And congratulations on your Game Changer nomination. Thank you very much. And I'm very honored to be here. And I've seen you on tons and tons of uh, different videos and you are a wonderful practicing veterinarian. So thank you. Well, and thank you for the support. And this is part of the enjoyment for me as, as this Game Changer platform evolves is to share with our readers and listeners a little bit more about the fantastic work that other doctors are doing fulfilling their passions uh, around the world. So it's really wonderful to be able to spend a few minutes with you today and learn more about you. So for people who aren't familiar with your practice or what you do and why you do it, if you would be willing to walk us through a little bit about how and why you decided to become a veterinarian and then your evolution into how you practice today. Okay. Um, well, at a very young age, I well, I live on a farm. I grew up on the same farm I'm on now, which my grandparents wow. moved to in the Depression. And then uh, this is actually a pretty historic farm. So back in 18, 1687, um, Thomas Mercer um, bought a tract of land, was granted one from William Penn. And then his son, Daniel Mercer, built this house in 1699. And then he lived to be 93. And of course, everybody was a farmer back then. And before that, the Lenape Indians lived on this land for many, many thousands of years. Wow. And then, um, so it's been in my, it was in his family for a hundred years and then another Quaker family for a hundred years and then my family. And then, so my maternal grandfather, um, he was a farmer and a teacher, a two-time Olympian. He worked for Atlas Powder and um, did um, blasting. So he did everything. And um he taught me a whole lot, like when he would, my sister and I would often go buy horses and he'd help us train them and train them to long lines and then to saddle. And then he taught me a lot about plants you could eat and poisonous plants. And then my paternal grandfather did homeopathy and went to Hahnemann Med School. And my dad also went there, but by that time, uh, Rockefeller had sort of taken over the med school. So my father did practice regular allopathic medicine. And um, so anyway, when I was little, I decided I wanted to be a vet and I was a stubborn kid. So I kept at it. And then um, I went to Swarthmore College and did a double major in bio and chem. And then I went to the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary School. And then I did general uh, small animal practice for two years. Then I moved to um, was in Philly and I did feline medicine for 30 years. Wow. And then in um, 2009, 
um, well, one of my um, technicians was going, taking the bus from Philly to New York three times a week to become a human acupuncturist. So one day she asked me if I wanted to, um, her to do acupuncture me. She did it regularly on the other techs and they all loved it. So I said, sure. So she put a needle in liver three and um, which is a point on the foot that helps move your energy everywhere. And she said, do you feel anything? And I said, no. And she said, you heard anywhere? I said, no. But then the next day when I went to do my swim workout, instead of what normally takes me an hour, I did it in 45 minutes. And I had all this extra energy. And also there's usually Charlie horses in the back of my leg and they went away. And then I had all this energy for um, uh, about three days. And then, and then I went back to my normal energy level, but I said, wow, this is really cool. And then at the Keystone Veterinary Conference um, in Pennsylvania, the, it's a four-day um, uh, veterinary conference, and the last day was all on oncology. And the very last lecture was on alternative medicine. And the woman who was doing the, the lecture, she told about that she was in this lymphoma study, and there were a 1,000 dogs in the study, and she had a third of them. And after the study was done, the head of the um, um, study came to her and said, what are you doing differently? Why are your dogs living so much longer and doing so much better? Well, she was adding herbs and acupuncture to the regular chemotherapy. And um, so then they, and um, then a couple months later at the New Jersey uh, Veterinary Conference or Atlantic City, um, the Chi Institute, there's three places where you can do acupuncture. There's the Chi Institute, now Chi University in Florida. And then I think in Colorado, and then there's um, IVIS, which goes all over the place. But anyway, the Chi was doing a, um, the first, um, when you do the acupuncture, you usually take four or five modules that are about four days each. So they had one up in Atlantic City. So I did that one. And then I was hooked. I said, this stuff is really, really fantastic. So then the next year I did, um, did the acupuncture, did the full certification. And then once you do that, then the Chi Institute keeps offering more and more things. And once... I mean, I was just totally hooked. So then I got certified in food therapy and then in uh, Twina, which is medical massage. And then I did the herbal certification. And then after that, the Chi Institute offered for the first time ever in the U.S. that you could get your master's in um, traditional Chinese medicine. So then I went and did that. And I finished that in 2018. And then, um, then they offered Dr. Carla Pastor, who was one of the lectures at the Chi Institute, she started doing um, animal medical manip spinal manipulation, which is animal chiropractic, except you can't call it chiropractic because that's the human term. Um, so then I got certified in that, but it, it's fun. You just keep learning and learning and there's just so much more that you can do. And um, now I'm um, uh, taking a lot of lectures at the um, International um, hold it. I mean, I always forget the name of this. Uh, the International Foundation for Nutrition and Health, and that's teamed up with Science Diet. And it's a, a human course, and there's mostly human chiropractors and human acupuncturists there. But there's a, a one or two veterinarians in it, and it's 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 very very interesting. What a magnificent and long and colorful educational history you have, actually starting with your own grandparents. What a beautiful story, Elizabeth. I loved, I loved all of that. How much do you think of your ability to, to crave additional knowledge or think outside the box and want to add tools to your toolbox? How much of that do you think was seated in you as a young 
girl with, with your very open-minded grandparents that had, or family members probably, because this, I, when, when you have a grandpa or a relative that was a homeopath and another one that is a, a conventionally trained regular doctor, you're getting the best of both integrative worlds as, as a young person, which had to have done something for you in terms of your ability to be accepting and, and having a desire to learn things outside of what one institution taught you. You have to think back and regularly give thanks to your relatives that planted a lot of amazing early seeds. Right, right, I, I do. Um, but most of my family is very conventional. Mm -hmm. my, my brother, well, both my brothers are lawyers, and well, one became a teacher after he did he didn't like law, and my sister is an ophthalmologist, and they're all traditional medicine. Yeah. through and through and um but but my aunt on my mother's side she is very very open and um uh whole she was always making you know uh using making homemade bread would just really help she she would never use sugar she'd use honey and you know she'd only use whole food ingredients which is um it was really really wonderful and she's also very open about um, she introduced me to a whole nother aspect of veterinary medicine um, and human medicine, which is the Abraham Hicks and um, the Seth books and all, all of that sort of things. Because with um, animals are, as you well know, they're very intelligent and they can communicate with us. And um, a, a huge part of being healthy is being happy. And so um, with the animals, you can, I play different music for them and most of them the dogs especially love Karen Carpenter and I know you are very familiar with whole tones but music makes a huge difference in the animal's happiness and then I also use um, lots of essential oils and um, as with um, Carolyn Ingram who you I've seen your interview with her I, I bought five of her or four of her books and read them all actually I think it's five and um she always lets the animals choose and, and they're so excited when they get to choose. So I'll offer them different oils and then you can see they'll smell and they'll go and if they like it, they well the cats just sit there with their ears forward. And if they don't like it, they back up or they turn their head to the sides and the dogs usually will try to eat it or lick it. And if they don't like it, they'll, they'll turn way far away and the owners get a really big kick out of it. And then, um, um, so I also do a teeny bit of homeopathy too, but, um, and the, the main thing I like to go over is um, diet. So that's one thing with my family that's we've always grown our own vegetables and um, had, you know, my grandparents had chickens. My brother has chickens now. Um, but homemade real food is, I think, the most important thing with health. So I try to get most of my clients to um, watch um, a genetic roulette gamble of our lives so then they can know about what toxic food is because good whole clean food is huge and then um and and then a lot of the people really clean up their diets as well as cleaning up the pets diets and um then you know regular everybody knows about regular exercise but a lot of people don't know how important um happiness is to the animals and how uh, mm -hmm. bad smells as well as good smells affects them and um uh and also the animals really pick up. Um, I, I get a lot of um, 
behavioral cases. And I say, well, the animals will pick up on the people. And if the people are sad or sick, the animals, they, they pick up all that stuff and they try to take it on. So I emphasize how important it is to try to have good, positive emotions for health. And um, then, you know, of course, I love doing herbals and acupuncture. That's my, my favorite thing to do. Other than food, I love food. <laughs> Such beautiful modalities that work, of course, synergistically together. And it's so awesome that you're, you have this desire to want to keep learning because the more you, of course, can then guide your clients and patients. What a, what a tremendous gift for the animals that are lucky enough to be your, your patients. Elizabeth, do you, do you, I know that you love horses. Do you treat dogs and cats and uh, large animals as well? Or do you primarily work on small animals? I, I did do, I was doing, I did all cats for the longest time. So I absolutely love working on cats. And then when I came out here, I started doing cats and dogs. And then I did do um, some horses. And actually when I got my chiropractic certification, it was in horses. Um, and, and I started doing some horses, but the problem with doing the equine work is it takes so much more time because if you go to the farm, that takes like an hour. And then a dog or cat is so little, it's really easy to do, you know, acupuncture and exam on them. And, and a horse for me, I guess that's because I wasn't an equine practitioner. It takes me a lot longer to do it. So it just takes so much more time and um, with COVID, most veterinarians are, are like 30 to 50% busier. So it's just, I, I haven't been doing very much uh, many uh, equine cases since COVID yeah. started. But it's beautiful that, that your training has really encompassed a little bit of everything. And the fact that you did feline medicine for 30 years, I mean, just really you introducing everything that you've learned through your extensive career and your training, really capable of of helping and serving so many different animal species. It's really a, a gift. When you get up in the morning, I have to assume that you have this heart of, uh, like myself, I'm a perpetual student. I just want to keep learning and learning. And it's clear that that you feel the same way. When you get up in the morning, what excites you the most about your job? Oh, okay. Well, with my job... Um, what I, I guess what I like the best is I like to try to, um, promote well-being in the animals and also in the owners. Um, so in, in Chinese medicine, if you're considered, if you keep your people or animals healthy, you're considered a, a, a good doctor. If they get sick, then you're a poor doctor. So just teaching people about how to keep their animals as well as themselves. Cause you know, if the owners live in a toxic house then the dogs live in a toxic house with all the off gassing of chemicals and the EMFs and uh, everything else. So, and then if the owners aren't eating well the pets aren't gonna eat well. So you have to, I guess, I guess educating the owners about wellness. Health traveling up the leash, as I like to say. Literally, you're you're doing that by by addressing, fixing, and focusing on pets or companion animals in in people's lives. You are in turn also helping the humans and actually the entire home. You're you're yeah. you're helping to heal the entire home, which is wonderful. Yeah, I, I get so many clients that ask me if I could be their doctor, and I say I'm, I'm sure. I'm not. I'm not uh, certified or a, a human MD, so I can't do that. Yeah, but you know, by 
I guess by default, uh, you are dramatically improving the quality of life for for owners, for, for the people caring for the animals, they're learning and they're applying what they've learned. So by default, they are becoming healthier by whether I find it interesting. And I'm sure you find this too. My clients will do anything for their animals, but not necessarily take the same care of their own bodies. They they'll give anything, um, you know, they'll stay up late and make organic free range, ethically sourced homemade diets, but then they'll eat a frozen cheese pizza because there's just no time left. And yet it's that piece of education that for owners to be in a state of health and vitality, mentally and physically, emotionally, cognitive, spiritually, to be able to be happy and healthy, you are at a place where you can better care and give care to the things that you so dearly love. And once people recognize that it's okay to to take care of themselves and focus on themselves, and it's not self-centered, it's actually self-love and caring for yourself, that's the best gift you can give your animal, they're like... Oh, and so by default, I think sometimes even though we're not licensed to treat people, I think sometimes we do by default. Right, right, and and that that's so true because so, so many uh, just all and also the huge emotional thing um, that to in order to be healthy, emotions actually have way more to do with your health than what you physically do. So just by trying to get people to be happy. Because so many people are angry and upset or uh, with COVID, everybody's living fear-based. And that just, you know, so many people I've seen, they've aged like 10 years in a year just because they're living in, in constant fear. And you have to tell them to be happy and find things that they love to do and not concentrate on the bad, but concentrate on uh, all the positive things in their life. For sure. And I think that uh, I interviewed Dr. Biagio Daniello, and he's the, the research scientist in Italy that was able to take the sweat samples of humans in fear and happy humans. And within one sixtieth of a second, dogs can identify instantly oh, yeah. the, the, the chemo signals. And then in turn, not only can dogs identify fear, happy, joy, rage, anger, sadness, grief, depression, but then they have a physical response. And I think most of us are aware that all animals can pick up on how we're feeling. But I think the piece that was so eye-opening for me about this research was that it dramatically and oftentimes negatively affected dogs' physiology. Dogs started releasing cortisol when we release cortisol. So it's not about just not arguing in front of the dogs or putting on a happy face. It's about genuinely doing right. the emotional work to get yourself genuinely at a place of feeling better than you did yesterday. And the homework of moving up our evolutionary, our emotional scale, you know, working back towards a place of being grounded and at least neutral with our emotions is really good homework, I think, for all of humanity, because our animals are little sponges absorbing all that. So it is a really good um, uh, practice. It's it's homework for all owners to be able to be at a good place emotionally for our animals. And that's really good advice that you're giving. So if you could, when you think about all the classes you have taken all the learning you have done, all of the tools that you've added to your toolbox, all the ways that you have learned that you can be a facilitator of helping animals have a healing response and getting to a place of feeling better in their bodies. When you think about all that, if you could tell the world one thing about what you've learned so far in your journey through life, what would it be? Well, to be happy. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's and and work on it. Work on being work on being happy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, my favorite moda- modality is acupuncture. So. And do you find that um, you're able to? You know, traditionally, I think a lot of people think of acupuncture as manipulating, you know, nerve impulses and you know, uh, uh, manipulating the 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 neurochemical communication in the body, but there absolutely can be an, uh, an emotional shift along right. with acupuncture. Yeah. And okay. I think that that's yeah. something that a lot of people don't talk about. Right. And then also, um, your intent, the animals can really pick up my intent. So if I really am concentrating on making them feel well and at peace, um, and then I also, I usually always have, you know, music. I usually do not always um, music and essential oils um, that, that really helps set the tone. And also um, I have um, a lot of people don't realize how upsetting EMFs are to the pet. So I have a lot of things that help, you know, I have everything hardwired. So I try to do a lot to protect from that. So the animals, usually most people say, oh, my dog usually gets upset at the vet. He's so calm here. He's so quiet. Um, so I, I get that a lot. Yeah. So you have created a, an environment where animals enjoy coming. They're going to feel, they feel positive and good they, coming they in. Wait. They trust you. Yeah. And, and also I give the dogs frozen yogurt while I do my acupuncture. So as soon as they come here, they're like, pull, they can't wait to get here because I want the yogurt. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's awesome. You have a, you have a good system going on. I think that's beautiful. If people wanted to find out more about your practice or learn more about what you do, where would they go? Um, I have a website, um, Elizabeth McKinstry, VMD. Perfect. Perfect. Well, congratulations uh, on your nomination. And thank you, Anne, for nominating this beautiful soul that's working very hard to make animals feel better in their bodies. I love everything about the amazing work that you're doing. And it has been an honor for me to be able to connect with you this morning and help the rest of the world see what amazing things you're doing to help the animal kingdom. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. And thank you for all that you do. It's wonderful.